Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Glad I paid for that $500 authentic Rashad Bateman jersey the other day. And U Street. Hey y'all. Yeah, so as Andy has referenced, Rashad Bateman um, not coming back to the Gophers this fall, going to sit out, uh, opt out due to COVID, and prepare for next spring's or summer's or whenever the heck they hold it, the next NFL draft. Uh, Let's be real quick. I think we're all in agreement. This is a completely understandable and, frankly, the best decision uh, that uh, Rashad Bateman could make. Are we in agreement about that? Yes. I suppose. Andy's okay. Andy's not in agreement be, for obviously financial reasons, but unquestionably, this is the best decision for Rashad Bateman to make in a world in which football is played. In previous podcasts, we've noted it won't be in the fall, and I suspect we'll talk about that a little bit on this podcast as well. It would mean that you would have some season in the spring, and consequently, you don't have necessarily rehabilitation issues or prehabilitation, which are actually, I think, the particularly important stuff. Bateman is almost certainly going to be projected as a first-round draft pick. The monetary difference for him, and I suspect his family and other people who he supports, between being a first-round draft pick and having any kind of injury that would prevent him from being a first-round draft pick is rather large. As a result, this seems like the absolutely correct decision. I, on some level, have always been surprised that we didn't actually see this more often in the same sense that I have historically been surprised that we don't see more players sitting out bowl games. Yeah, I mean, when you can have an agent pay for your training and you can train in a scenario where you control the space, you control who you're around, and you can do the maximum possible to prevent COVID from happening plus be in shape it's a it's a it's a non it's a non-question uh i think obviously andy was sharing some sadness i think we can all agree as fans i mean look this sucks as fans if there is a football season of any kind it would be made that much better to watch if rashad bateman played in it that's true on a pure football standpoint like wins and losses but just on a pure enjoyment standpoint the dude can ball, and he was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. So, I mean, that sucks for us as fans, but you know what? We don't actually matter. <laughs> so, we'll all just have to get over it. In the meantime, I mean, I'm happy to wish Rashad Bateman uh, good good luck and, and hope that everything that he's going to be doing over the next 9 to 12 months um, pays off at the absolute highest amount possible for him. Uh, because dude earned it big time. Well, I will, I will, I will, I'll just step in and say, I do, I do disagree. We do matter because, I mean, obviously we're the ones buying the season tickets and supporting the team and actually getting them to go. But, um, you know, in, in the, in the long run, we, this decision is not made with the fans in heed, which is, I know where you're going with that. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman is, he, he understands that Gopher fans want to see him and he thanked them in his, in his curated video, which, I mean, that's a whole nother topic we can get into that it had to take a two minute curated video to announce this decision. It's, uh, whatever, but, um, you know, it, it's totally the right call for him in his situation. And, and I think, you know, we could all 
complain about it and make more arguments if it if it looked much more like we were going to have a traditional fall football season, which, uh, as we'll get into and have gotten into, it, it's it's looking less and less likely by the day. Um, so for him, it's it's totally the right call, the right decision. But yeah, you know, as a fan, the, the fact that we're not going to be able to see Tanner Morgan throw in debatement again is, is definitely a little disappointing. Um, you know, the fact that... Um, the Gophers are, are, if again, if they play this fall or this winter, are going to have to basically adapt and, and get a couple brand new receivers to play really elevated roles in this offense, which looked like it was going to be returning to be one of the top, you know, top 10, top 15 offenses in the country is, um, is, is a bit disappointing. But, um, you know, personally, he, you can't fault his decision. He knows what he's doing. He's doing the thing that's the best for him. And, and we can just hope that, you know, somewhere in the next month to three months to six months to nine months, it all somehow works out for the best that we actually get to see the Gophers on the football field for real and, and can see what uh, P.J. Fleck, Matt Simon, and uh, I'm completely forgetting our new Sanford, can uh, can put together in uh, in in making Tanner Morgan have a couple of new threats to throw to. Best Bateman memory off the top of your head. We'll start with Street. Well, I suspect it's one of the one-handed catches, I think, just in terms of the sheer athleticism. Probably also the designed uh, sluggo route that is taken to the house in the Penn State game. Andy? Yeah, I'll say something different just because, you know, I don't want to double up with anybody. I'm going to go with, I think it was his, I think it was the first touchdown he scored against Purdue at Purdue last year. Uh, being at that game and watching the ease of which he caught the slant over the middle and, and literally just outran 21 other guys on the field and nobody even remotely got close to him. Uh, sitting close to the end zone watching him run right at us, that was that was a lot of fun. I, I, I think that one's up there for me. I'm going to go Penn State's logo. The that that the the stadium was primed and that just absolutely set the tone for the whole game energy wise. So way 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 to way to be a conformist. I mean, it's also true. So my conformity can also be you know accurate. One of the reasons why we expect, by the way, for those who might be a little confused as to why Rashad Bateman is a first-round draft pick, I think is actually encapsulated in our answers, which is that he possesses the near-perfect blend of attributes for a receiver. If he was slightly taller, and by slightly taller I mean sort of 6'4"-ish, which would be closer to kind of Calvin Johnson height, probably lose a little bit of speed. But other than that, he has just about every measurable you want in a receiver. He's fast. He has great hands. He runs his routes incredibly well. He gets off the line very quickly. He has strong both lower and upper body strength, lower body, meaning that he can get fast twitch muscles he can really move he's really agile he's really quick upper body strength which means he can break presses and press coverage which is going to be especially important at the next level where the cornerbacks are all much better he can also play in a variety of different positions you can put him in the slot you can put him on the outside we did not see him too much go in motion that was mostly tyler johnson as a way of exploiting mismatches that seemed to be how the staff did it but bateman certainly has the ability to do that we saw him run jailbreak screens so he also possesses a versatility that at the next level will also be really positive for us as fans that 
presents a dilemma in the theoretical season that definitely won't happen in how you would replace Rashad Bateman because it's unlikely you could replace Rashad Bateman with just one player in the way that the staff was most certainly hoping to replace Tyler Johnson with Rashad Bateman. I think now the Gopher receiving core more or less will need, obviously, players to step up and take on those sort of starting roles. But in addition to that, we might expect to see as well from the offensive coaching staff more receivers on the field playing different kinds of roles than we had to see last year. Uh, I would like to submit Brevin Span Ford as an actual receiving tight end to the mix of this, uh, these options. I've been attempting to submit Brevin Span Ford as a receiving tight end since he came on campus. Hopefully, at some point, the coaching staff will listen to me. Well, hopefully that was a uh, Kirk Shiraka hang-up and not a Matt Simon uh, Sanford hang-up. Because Shiraka really didn't like using his tight ends at all. Which was sad. Um, All right, well, let's just get to it. Season's not going to happen, in my opinion. In Alex's opinion, Andy, I think, still has some hope. Um... At this point, I mean, we're waiting on what? The Big Ten was supposed to give us a schedule today, but that's not going to happen till at least tomorrow. But maybe they're waiting until after the D1 Council meets and maybe cancels a bunch of fall sports. I don't – we're not really sure. It really was supposed to happen today, supposedly. Um, D1, uh, NCAA D1 Council could still cancel all fall championships, which doesn't technically affect football, but could make it a lot harder to – rationalize playing a football season across the United States. You know, you've got Rutgers has like 27 kids infected. Colorado State has 27 kids infected and is has 10 different players and staff uh, anonymously uh, claiming to the local newspaper that the head coach and his assistants are encouraging players to not report COVID symptoms. Um, the Pac-12 has what like a couple hundred players across all their schools threatening to boycott if they don't have a chance to get more involved in the COVID planning to be safer. Um, the Big 12 looked like they were going to just proceed with a normal schedule, and now they're down to a 10-game schedule, nine conference games, and a single non-conference game. Uh, SEC's at a 10-game conference schedule only. ACC's at a 10-game conference schedule only. Like Every week it just seems like more happens, but all it is is moving us closer to no season. And I just really don't see any fall season happening. Or a fall season that happens for like two weeks, a bunch more people get infected like Major League Baseball, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, no, unfortunately I think uh, that's that's probably what's going on. And, uh, you know, from a, from a disappointing standpoint, but in actuality, it's actually a really good standpoint. I think Kevin Warren and the Big Ten have been more on top of this than a lot of the other conferences. You remember when the Big Ten was the first conference to go to conference only and everybody was giving them so much crap about that. Several prominent football writers out there were like, oh, well, look at the Big Ten panicking. And then like two weeks later, everybody else followed suit. Um you know, in, in theory, the Big Ten is supposed to be starting fall camp here uh, in the next day or so. That obviously is not happening. Um, the SEC just put out new guidelines basically saying, yeah, no, our, we're pushing back camp too. And the first the first week and a half is basically just going to be non-ball conditioning that you can do. Um, 
so yeah, no, it, it's it's not looking good, and uh, I think there's some some fairly strong, substantial rumors that the the uh, when the the division one, two, and three national councils meet on Wednesday that. Uh, they may take the step of canceling fall championships, at least for sure at the D3 and D2 level. Um, you know, there, there's a decent chance at the D1 level that many of them could drop as well. Um, you know, but the, the biggest the biggest stickler out there is still going to be money. I mean, it athletic directors across the country have made it blatantly clear that if there is no football, they're all broke. And college athletics, as we've known it for the last, 20 years will not exist next year. Um, so I still think they're going to try and figure out some way to do it. It may be in the fall. It may be in the winter. It's probably a futile exercise, but I think money is just going to be too strong. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing you're going to see is, as we've seen in the pet last week with, with several of the, the pack 10 players getting together and, and, you know, trying to form some form of a of a boycott or a or a coherent, you know, you could use the word union, I guess, but it's not quite a union. Um, you know how how far that goes, and and will it spread to other places? Um, but I mean, there 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 is no there is no winning here either. You're playing football in a an environment where we've seen six Big Ten teams so far have to cancel workouts because too many players have gotten infected. Yeah, and to, and hold and let's note Illinois should have been canceling workouts, but apparently is run by assholes. Well, and and the other thing, which I mean, I'm, I don't want to say anything or allude to anything with the U. Um, you know, we we still haven't gotten the July COVID numbers for Minnesota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, You're right. <laughs> they they said they were going to announce them at the end of the month. It's now the night we're recording this Tuesday night, August fourth. We still haven't gotten the July testing numbers from Minnesota. Um, it's fairly well known, at least we I've seen tweets from a couple of people that several of the players have had it on Minnesota's roster. Uh, now they reported whatever it was five player or five players, five student athletes, not necessarily just all football players. It, by that point, it was football and I believe volleyball and and potentially men and women's basketball were back on campus. Um, now, obviously, all those all those students are back on campus for the month of July, and it's been fairly well known that there are other football players that have, have dealt with this and have been quarantining and things like that, but we've got no information. Um, you know, nobody, PJ Fleck, nobody from the Minnesota program has done any press in the month of July. Um, you know, normally, normally we're getting a big build up to camp right about now. It's been, you could drop a pin. It's been so quiet. So, um, you know, It'll be interesting to see what comes out here in the next week, but uh, I definitely don't think it, it's going to be it's going to be positive news. Uh, you know, you had granted it's the Minnesota State High School League, but they're another interesting cabal all in themselves, basically saying that the Minnesota high school football has now been pushed to the spring. In fact, they're actually inventing a a new springish season to play football and volleyball, so that all the kids that play football and baseball and basketball still will be able to play all three sports. But um, it, 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 it's a mess. There's no other way to put it. It's a mess. Nobody's going to come out of this looking positive. Um, it's just a question of how earth-shakingly life-changing 
this is going to be to college athletic programs in the next 12 months. I mean, I'm going to come out of it looking positive, but that's just because everybody has to look up to me. That is true. I suppose there is one positive of there not being a fall football season, which is that you, Chris, and the water demon that you are, will not be able to douse fan bases with rain. Please point to me the games last year when I created rain. Please point to me last year the games you went to. Purdue at Purdue. Beautifully so sunny that the sunburn was present for weeks afterwards. Uh, Illinois. That didn't. That was rain before I ever arrived. Not why I was there. Uh, it seems awfully convenient. Wisconsin was snow, not rain. Wisconsin. Wisconsin was rain. Wisconsin was absolutely rain. That was that was snow, not rain. For for our listeners, for our listeners, Gopher Nation, the other erstwhile manager of this blog, and I were in the press box, and Gopher Nation, as per usual, was complaining about the lack of heating for his toes. But all of us agreed that it was definitely rain. And while I understand, snow. Chris, that you are 37 feet tall, we were slightly higher up to be able it, to it, look it, at it. it. Admittedly, it did switch over. It was snow later, but it definitely was raining for the first quarter and a half. No, that was snow. I, I will I will not accept the rain. <laughs> that was snow. So you went to three games last year? I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anything. Penn State. Didn't rain for Penn State. So you went to four games last year, 50% of the time it rained. I don't know, no. boy. I don't, no. I don't necessarily no, no, think no, no, that's no. uh It rained before Illinois, like before the tailgate lot. It wasn't raining on... Were you um, in the tailgate um, lot? Yes. Was it raining in Illinois when you moved, when you came to Illinois? No, it was, this was the only, Illinois game was at home. That was homecoming. Yeah, so, so it was fine. And then you arrived and then it started raining a lot. No, it had been raining for four days before I ever got there. That was the whole problem. I mean, it's nice to it's nice to hide your it's nice to hide your water demon powers in other places. <laughs> I'm I'm sure know. that I'm sure that the the listeners uh, do appreciate this. It is important to notice note that Chris controls the weather. A thing that Andy brought up that is slightly more serious and slightly rela- less related to water demons is the Pac-12 has had a... I'm not totally sure how to describe them because they are not a union for a variety of reasons. Most notably, student-athletes cannot form a union or be part of one legally. But there has been a collective of athletes from all the institutions of the Pac-12 who are... I believe there were something like 400 strong at last count. That number might have gone up in terms of people who have supposedly signed their name. That group has argued for a variety of changes that need to be made to the Pac-12, or they are claiming that they are going to opt out. So the question that I pose to you that is substantially more serious than water demon questions, but I think does also speak to Andy's point earlier that football and college athletics broadly over the last 20 years might be changing, is do you think that this movement actually has any legs, or... Do you think, like many other previous attempts at athletes attempting to exercise power, that it will at best filter out well before the season, if it ever starts, actually starts? I think it has legs if the players 
are willing to risk, well, basically risk the what Washington State is accused of doing, which is uh, threaten to blackball them more or less uh, for associating with the uh, We Are United group. Uh, for anyone who's not aware, hashtag We Are United is kind of how they're branding their efforts. So we'll call it the We Are United project for lack of anything better. Um, if there are players who are willing, a, a decent enough number of players who are willing to stand up and risk, you know, their administrations and coaching staffs reacting poorly to that. Yeah. I, I really don't think there's ever been a lot of organized change of any kind, um, in this country, especially around some of the topics that we are united or organizing for related to social justice that comes without sacrifice. Uh, and I'm not trying to suggest in any way what these players need to do. They're the ones who are putting themselves out there. I'm the dude on a podcast. Not not the same thing. I just believe, my guess is, is unless, unless people are willing to stick it out and really risk um, some outcomes, the what they can gain will be marginal at best. That said... Um, what marginal means could actually be substantial when Texas football players and other athletes at Texas stood up and said, we're not going to participate in anything that involves recruiting or fundraising. We're not going to, you know, elbow up with donors or anything like that uh, unless you make some changes to some of the things we see as, is uh, kind of messed up on the UT campus. Um, we're, you know, that's where we're going to draw our line. Uh, they actually saw quite a few things, uh, quite a few of their demands get met. <sighs> Staying out, you know, boy, I guess boycotting is not really the right word. Opting out because they have the, uh, all these athletes have the ability to opt out because of COVID. Opting out may be a strong enough thing, but then you have to risk having to opt out. What the Texas players stood up against was technically optional but very important to the athletic department endeavors in recruiting and fundraising and if they weren't to participate in those things they wouldn't be directly affecting their teams which would probably make it easier to threaten and follow through on um i mean threatening the opt-out is a strong move but it's hard for me to say that i if I was 18 or 20, 18 to 22, that it would feel really comfortable for me to do that knowing the power disadvantage I was at. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. That's a really long answer for a sh uh, really long way to say a short answer, which is I think it has the potential to make that change, uh, big changes happen. I just don't know that um, the power imbalance is going to allow it to happen without some players basically sacrificing themselves. And that's not something I would demand or, or wish from anybody because that's a very personal risk they're taking. So to uh, move it along, just because we need to pretend to, you know, cheer things up at the end after that lice 20 minute depressed fest, um, Marcus Carr's coming back. That's the good news. The bad news is, so is basically every other draft eligible non senior in the Big Ten. Discuss. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Well, every other draft eligible non senior in the Big Ten, not named Daniel Oturu. 
Yeah, I, I was going to say we're, we're missing somebody who near and dear to our hearts there. Get your money, um, Big Dan. Yeah, for real. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open with my thought. If you're Garza, why did you come back? Like, I understand why Garza wanted to come back and was generally expected to come back in general. But now that COVID's a thing and you already have like two or three guys in your team testing positive and there's no way in heck that if Iowa lets students back on that you're going to be able to stay safe as opposed to like if you were just practicing uh, and preparing for a, uh, a draft situation. I'm not exactly sure why Garza came back to Iowa. So I'll, I'll, I'll preface this, and I honestly don't know, so I'm not saying this. Is Garza... Garza is an American, right? He is not. He's not European. That is correct. He is from the DMV, and by that I mean DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Well, that's why, because he's not going to get picked up by an NBA team, and no European league will let him come over there and play because everybody's still quarantining American citizens. So, if he wants to play basketball next year, it's for Iowa. I agree with Andy. You don't think he was getting picked up at all? No. I mean, I'm sure he could pull the Amir Coffee and get strung along on a G League team, but let's be honest. If we don't know what the NBA is going to look like next year, do you want to know what the G League is going to look like? G League won't happen. The The only way, and if you look at how the NBA and the WNBA have been playing, there's a question now, there's a recent, we're recording this on, on Tuesday, but there was a recent article on Tuesday from The Athletic, which if you don't subscribe to and you like these kinds of articles, you probably should subscribe to, but was broadly talking about the challenge of sort of the second bubble, i.e. the teams that are left out of the current NBA bubble, not being able to get resources, not being able to practice, having other challenges. That's the only way the NBA and the WNBA are being allowed to play. There is no G League happening unless everything is happening and i think that is for luke garza the two-way market this year seems awful which he probably had some understanding of even though he himself hasn't hired an agent in terms of talking to teams much like i suspect amir coffee did when he was going through that process finding that yes there were in fact teams most notably the clippers who i think told him at the time and then of course picked him up that, yeah, they would be willing to offer him a contract. I would suspect the league's finances is also such that even something that a couple of years ago we were wondering, and by we I mean NBA watchers, as to what the next union contract and that negotiation was going to mean because of extensive increase in league revenues. Now, like anything else, with the uncertainty that has been caused by the uh, objectively terrible response to COVID-19 by senior political leaders in the White House and Senate Republicans who have uh, the keys and control of power, who have not done that, as well as a lack of a coordinated national response that has led to consistent problems because individual states and individual localities, even within states, are making decisions on something that is clearly a coordinated national policy and parenthetical. There's a there's a legitimate economic question for for NBA teams if they're going to have, what kind of excess revenue they're going to have. If you are Luke Garza, if you are someone like Luke Garza, in that you are not going to be a first round draft pick, 
no one is taking Luke Garza in the first round, which is different, incidentally, than Danny Luturo, who I think absolutely should get taken in the first round and probably be taken late in the first round. But at worst, Danny Luturo is not on the draft board after pick 40. That's just not going to happen. Uh, and if it is, someone's getting an absolute steal. But again, that's not going to happen. Luke Garza is not getting picked until at least the second round and likely very low in the second round if some team is just absolutely in love with him. And that team probably is going to look at that and say, well, I might be able to get him on a two-way anyway. But if you are Luke Garza or your players like Luke Garza, I really don't actually think that's particularly helpful for you. The flip side of this is suppose that continued national coordination isn't done, we continue to be in situations of pandemics, universities continue to not have students on campus. Well, Luke Garza hasn't actually changed at all. He'll turn pro at that point and he'll graduate. Players in Luke Garza's category will do the same. And as Andy mentioned, they can't go play in Europe anyway right now. So you might as well continue on the possibility that you will have basketball at some point, be able to play, improve your draft stock, show yourself to scouts that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I didn't actually really think about the fact that he had nowhere to fall to when I was thinking that through. Like, I mean, let's not pretend there isn't a good history of this in the Big Ten. I mean, Ethan Happ is basically Luke Garza of three years ago. Robbie Hummel arguably is the same player 10 years ago, although Robbie Hummel at least got a little bit of run in the NBA. Um, But, you know, Ethan Happ, who everybody was drooling over, was all Big Ten everything. I think he ended up getting drafted somewhere late in the second round, and I'm pretty sure he is either playing or was playing in Europe or ended up on a G League team or something. To be perfectly honest, I don't actually really know. But I know it wasn't the NBA. He is currently playing for Fortitudo Bologna in the Liga Basket Serie A in Italy. He's playing for the Bologna team. I mean, he went to school where Oscar Mayer came from. That It's on brand. All right, so... Minnesota, Noah Turu. What do you think we even do this year? Marcus Carr's back. That's good, but that was expected. Everybody else in the Big Ten came back because they're jerks who didn't want to go undrafted. What do we What do we see for that? Like the question year, in the question in the hypothetical depends in large part on whether or not the NCAA continues to operate on the, if it involves the University of Minnesota, screw them, transfer policy. (laughs) And I say that because there are, uh, Liam Robbins is not as good as Daniel Latour. Well, I'm not, well, let's not kid ourselves on that. But Liam Robbins is looking awful lot like a player who will be going pro next year in a world in which you just had a normal season. And if he is given a transfer waiver to play, which he should because the transfer waiver system is horseshit and everyone should just get transfer waivers again and parenthetical. Should he get a transfer waiver, the team actually improves in terms of its depth at all positions, even though it obviously doesn't improve at its top end. A situation in which Daniel Latour had returned and you were doing some like two towers situation would have been like awesome to watch. But Marcus Carr coming back and the introduction of Jamal Mashburn, who 
now can definitely play at the one, but can also play at the two. The graduate transfer in of Brandon Johnson provides more stability at the four. The growth of Isaiah Enan late in the year, I think, should continue. I expect him to take a pretty big step forward in the imaginary world in which we're playing basketball this year. That doesn't mean, as Andy noted, that the Big Ten got any easier. The Big Ten definitely got more more challenging but certainly at the top end you could see minnesota once again competing for an ncaa tournament spot i don't expect them to be competing for a big 10 championship regular season or otherwise in any way but i think the top end team that could be put on the floor it could be an ncaa tournament team i suspect if you are not a fan of richard patino you would probably put once again the he needs to make the ncaa tournament otherwise they should look for other options at the end of this year. Well, and that, and that, again, as we're looking at the, you know, 100,000 feet in the air view, assuming there's no football, Richard Patino, Richard Patino is the coach of this basketball team indefinitely until his contract runs out because they are not finding $5 million to buy Richard Patino out if they can't have a football season. That is not happening. And admittedly, as someone who's totally fine with Richard Patino having another two or three years, I was, I've been very consistent about it on the podcast and very consistent when we wrote about it, that you sort of make a decision if you're going to let somebody go. But if you weren't going to let Patino go after last season, there isn't actually a good reason why you should let him go for a year or two, unless you really find someone that you love and also give him the option and opportunity to continue to be improving as a basketball coach, which let us not forget that while the variance for Richard Pitino has been quite high, and I think a lot of that's the frustration that fans feel, at the same time, he was one absolute cluster of an injury-riddled and uh, Reggie Lynch being Reggie Lynch and... uh, from making the NCAA tournament three years in a row, which no coach had ever done at this particular school. Yeah, I I have a tendency to forget that, honestly, even even if we assume that uh, um, Clem Haskins didn't cheat and we, you know, bring all of his records back onto the books, I always forget that he never actually did put three NCAA tournament teams in a row together during his time at Minnesota. So that Minnesota, the basketball school that isn't actually a basketball school totally because it can't string together enough NCAA tournament appearances. So close. So close. All right, well, friends, keep your eyes peeled for when the Big Ten finally announces what it wants to do with football, even though we don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, we will have anything else coming up with COVID, the NCAA, And, um, I don't know if other crazy things happen because it's 2020 and it makes sense to blog about it. We'll do that too. So in the meantime, social distance, wash your hands, wear your mask, go Gophers, Sky Yuma, row the boat.